By Every Measure Season 2 is supported by the Argosy Foundation. Hey, this is Tariq Moody, Program Director of Hyphen. And this is By Every Measure Season 2, a podcast from Radio Milwaukee, part of the NPR Podcast Network. We're back, creating a safe space for Black voices to be heard and our experiences validated. We understand the deep impact of systemic racism and how it continues to affect our lives in ways that many people outside of community cannot comprehend. We want By Every Measure to reinforce the fact that what affects one affects us all, whether you're, you're in Brookfield, Waukesha, or Whitefish Bay. So this podcast is a space where we can openly, I mean openly and honestly, talk about these experiences without judgment or fear. While some of the country are trying to stop these conversations from happening, we believe having them is very important and will lead to a better, more inclusive world for all. Because you can't have American history without Black history. I do feel like there's times because of my kids that I think, am I doing the right thing by staying in Milwaukee with them? I feel like we're at this tipping point. Mm -hmm. And man, if I leave, I'm going to miss it. You know, (laughs) I'm going to miss it. But I do, I feel like something special is happening. As I shared in episode one, I'm from Atlanta. And in 2020, I was considering moving back home. And it was because of that very reason. I knew Milwaukee had the tools to do great things, but I wasn't sure if I had the patience to wait. That voice you just heard was Corey Jo Biddle. She's the executive director of Fuel Milwaukee, which is a Milwaukee nonprofit all about connecting young professionals, basically reversing that brain drain we talked about in episode one. We're continuing our conversation about brain drain in this episode and looking at it from the professional side. We heard how Sister Strings and Emma James see things from a creative lens, but what about black people moving here from other cities for a new job or starting careers? You need both for any city to be attractive, economic opportunities, and a vibrant local creative culture. Yeah, it really is two sides of the coin. Both elements are needed to be a destination city. Later on in this episode, we'll talk more with Corey Joe and her friend and colleague, Rennell Washington. Rennell works with Social Legs, another nonprofit that focuses more so on black and brown millennials, keeping them connected professionally and, of course, socially. But first, we're checking in with Reggie Jackson and starting with my hometown, Atlanta. How does Milwaukee learn from cities like it to reverse our professional brain drain? Atlanta, I mean, it's, you know, a, a completely different place. You know, for people that have never been there, they, they, they go, and, you know, you go to Atlanta and you see, you know, black professionals everywhere you go. You know, when, when, when you're pulled over by the cops, they're usually going to be black <laughs> cops, right? Milwaukee, you're probably going to be pulled over by white police officers. So when you're there, you just see black people in a completely different light. It's almost like traveling, you know to you know, West Africa and you know everybody you see you know the pilots on the plane are black you know <laughs> the, the police are black you know everybody is black it's like a completely different frame of reference whereas here in Milwaukee it's still such a segregated place even though we have a very large black population you know Milwaukee stands out by having the the whitest suburbs of any major segregated city in the country right we have less than 10% of blacks in Milwaukee County that live in our suburban communities. So you need to go to places like Atlanta and Charlotte and black people live in a lot of different places. You know, they have issues of segregation in Charlotte, obviously. It's not nearly as bad as it is here, but you just find there's a different kind of element, like there's places you can escape to in those places that you can't escape to in Milwaukee. 
you know, you can't go mm. and hang out in New Berlin or, you know, <laughs> Hell's Corner. There's a black person in Milwaukee and feel comfortable, you. right? Thank you. And so black people get stuck in the city. Mm. It's like everything we have is in the city. We have nothing outside the city that's for us. And we feel very uncomfortable, you know, leaving the mm. city. I tell people all the time, you know, as much as people who don't live in the city of Milwaukee fear coming to the city of Milwaukee. Black people who live in the city of Milwaukee have the same level of fear going out I to the suburbs. I do right? my best not to go to the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, too, is when I've talked to folks, they say that uh, it's the overall investment in just black talent here, whether it's the businesses, corporations, just anyone um, who has that kind of power, they aren't looking inward they always want to look outside of Milwaukee, outside of Wisconsin, and bring in that talent, but they don't realize the gym that is already here or the gyms that are already here. And what are, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? You know, I, I just think it's a, it's a lack of kind of foresight about, like, listen, we have a lot of very talented young people in mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Let's embrace them. Let's nurture these young people and, and bring them into, you know, this community. But we have this thing in Milwaukee where we're constantly – very, very negative about young people, right? Mm-hmm. And and believe me, as a, as a former teacher, I can tell you, the young students I had were just tired of hearing people say negative stuff about them all the time. And that makes you not want to be in a place because, you know, people don't have any expectations of you other than negative expectations. So what ends up happening is that Milwaukee says, well, shoot, we don't have any, you know, quality young people to bring into, you know, mm-hmm. corporate, you know, Milwaukee. Let's, you know, try to recruit black people from, you know, Washington, D.C. or Atlanta or some other places. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword where you're not appreciating the talent that you have in Milwaukee. And I say all the time that one of the things that we need to do as a city, as, you know, leaders of the, of the city of Milwaukee, is we need to shine more positive lights on young black people in Milwaukee that are doing great things. There are a lot of dynamic young black people in Milwaukee. But we don't have an appreciation for them, I don't think. And when you live in a city where you're not appreciated, you're going to say, well, man, why am I staying? still here? Let me go somewhere else. And that's what the brain drain is. To re- you know, people are like, man, there's nothing here. I can relate to that. I came to Milwaukee after growing up and being connected to Chicago. And even though I've worked in cities smaller than Milwaukee, it was definitely still an adjustment. But some good news, there are two local groups actively working to make the Cream City a more attractive place for black and brown folks. Corey Joe, who we heard from earlier, leads Fuel Milwaukee, and Renell Washington is VP at Social X. Both have been in Milwaukee for most of their professional careers and have seen it change little by little, albeit slower than they'd like. This is home to me. And I have that same love-hate relationship with Milwaukee that so many people of color, especially Black people, have because there are so many resources and so many great people. I think there's a frustration that people have when, like, the some of the news that, the negative things that put Milwaukee on the news, like, you know, 53206, the highest rate of incarceration, not just in Milwaukee, not just in Wisconsin, but in, you know, like nationally, they are looking to that area. And to be somebody that lives in that area adjacent to it, it's overwhelming when you think of like, okay, what do you do with that information? Like, what do we, we know that that's a fact. We're, you know, always in the top five of the most segregated cities. Um, We were always in the top five of, you know, worst places to live for black people. You know, it's like that's that's overwhelming. 
data? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you as a individual it's a great way person, to describe it, honestly? A yeah. group of us, what do we do with that information now? So I think we talk about it, and there is a, a expressed frustration. But I think the piece that would help close the circle is if we knew what the next steps were and we all felt like we could actively do something to change those systems. It's hard when you have those negative, and even accolade, those negative statements, right? Worst place to raise an African-American, most incarcerated zip code in the country. Now you start adding in the murder capital of the world statements that go along with some of this. And it's like, you know, what do we got going well for us? And we actually do have some good things that are going well for Milwaukee in, in pockets. But the hard part is it's not it's never positioned about the good things. The the shooting happened during the playoffs last year is make national news. We always make national news mm-hmm. for the negative stuff, but we never make national news for the good things that happen in Milwaukee. It's like it's like trauma, right? Yeah. Like if you've been traumatized, the way that you process any information or experiences from that point forward is different than had it, had you not been traumatized. Like I think about the fact that we just, you know, rattled off all of these rankings, worst place for black people and most segregated. And then I think about what we've been able to accomplish in this city. It's like, wait a minute. Like we actually really did come out of really challenging situations. And I think we could go to any city and, build a life in that city and be successful. So there's something about the trauma that makes you resilient and, you know, focused if you're fortunate enough to have all, you know, you know, there's another way to go with it too. But in our cases, I feel like it made us forge ahead and more passionate about Milwaukee. But there is like a exhaustion or um, I guess trauma is the word that I would continue to use about it, that you just feel that's under the surface. And in the work that we do, you know, our job is to celebrate Milwaukee and to uplift Milwaukee and to encourage people to make Milwaukee a long time or permanent home. So I've always struggled with that side of my work and my mission and the reality of what that I've seen and I've, I've lived through. It's like, how do you talk about both? How do both things exist? They do, but I don't know how to metabolize that. The challenging part is, is you're trying to sell a city with these things happening. Now, when you think about other larger cities that have high black populations, they have some of the same issues in a lot of ways, but it's masked by some of the black wealth that they were able to, attain. We're 600,000 or less, give or take, updated census data. We don't have sprawl. So you think like a Dallas, a Houston, Atlanta, mm-hmm. where well-to-do black folks have been able to go into some of these suburban areas and thrive mm-hmm. and be accepted and own businesses and stuff like that. I think the way that Milwaukee is made up, unfortunately, we haven't been able to have that sprawl where you can have some of these black but middle classes and some mm-hmm. of these different things, point. right? Like, yeah. I like Chicago. I do. Milwaukee is not big enough Mm -hmm. to shield what's happening. And it's not concentrated in just one area where, you know, you have a Michigan Ave that's continued to thrive. And, you know, it looks like Mm -hmm. a great city, which it is. But 
they have issues. Atlanta's now starting to have more issues in their, you know, well-to-do neighborhoods. You know, if you're in Houston a bigger ever, urban city yeah. anyway, you know, you will mm-hmm. have that divide. You'll have the well-to-do, you'll have the middle class, you'll have, you know, folks that aren't necessarily as as well off. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have crime in all these other spaces. But that's a great point. And that's what I've always thought about with Milwaukee is that it's just very small here, very contained. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all call it small walkie. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there isn't enough space for people to necessarily thrive continuously unless there is a really hard push between the community and leadership to make that happen. Yeah. So I, I actually was, don't like using that word small walkie. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't use it either. But I, I actually, use it I actually hate it. There's a, <laughs> I don't, I know why people say it, yeah. but I'm like, the world is small. It ain't just a Milwaukee mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's not. And when people say, I'm like, dang, it's, the it, mindset yeah. is It's like a complimentary me. slight. You know? you know, like you can't even yeah. Yeah. say it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what is that? Is this a place where black people and black professionals can thrive? I'm going to say yes. It, it really depends what your definition of thrive is, right? And in some of the things and questions that you posed before, um, it goes to positioning about what you want the city to be. Mm-hmm. I think the great thing is we have some great leadership in place. You know, shout out to Mayor Johnson, relatively new in his role. Um, but I think what he is trying to work towards in, you know, wanting to grow the city to be much larger, he's a millennial himself. Um, so I think he understands and is trying to get his bearings and what it means to be mayor, but then also to be influential to change the perception of what our city has always been. And then you also look at our county executive, uh, David Crowley, also millennial, you know, grew up in some of the neighborhoods that we grew up in, mm-hmm. also has a vision. But I think, unfortunately, like we talked about earlier, is we want to move very fast. And sometimes politics doesn't allow you to do that. Yeah. And in a lot of these political plays, positioning and advocacy work, it takes time. And unfortunately, some of our people don't have the time. Like we need some immediate wins now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people are looking for. So to tie it back, if I'm a new black person coming to Milwaukee and I did my due diligence and my research, it's like, I don't know if this is, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. I, I but don't when know you if come you visit, your plan here. Yeah, but when you come visit, <laughs> you know, Milwaukee has this way of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you need to be here a little longer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it happens every time, you yeah, know. Yeah. But as a, I don't know, millennial Gen Z, if I'm coming here for a first time, could I have success? Absolutely. I think when I travel to all of the black meccas and the places that people have been relocating to, bottom line, it's the people that make the city great. That's right. We have the assets. For the most part, we got, we got water, we got a lakefront, we have a beach, uh, we have sports teams, uh, we have black leadership. So it's set, but now it's just like, we gotta roll our sleeves up and make the decisions to start saying like, we wanna be a city that is a choice for black professionals and brown and others. Let's go back maybe 10 years. That's before you had kids, right? About, yeah. Yeah, so just when you were single, maybe dating, you're single dating, all that stuff. Um, 10 years ago, what would have been like the top three reasons that you would have left Milwaukee? And then I want to ask you your top three reasons why you would leave Milwaukee now. Yeah. So back 10 years ago, what would that be? You know, fuel, when I came to the organization, was mostly 
white folks. But my very first day at work, it was a fuel event. And it, the only black people in that event were me, Dante Houston and Michelle King. Like, I, And there were 200 people there. Like mm-hmm. I was scanning the room. So while I was excited about the job, I did start to understand why I wasn't having a vision for myself here because these opportunities to really connect and to see myself as a young professional, like this is a, a culture, you know, to, to celebrate who we are and what we bring to economic development in a city, our talent, our thought leadership, our experiences, our youth is celebrated in so many communities as like you are, you know, you're the future, you're the professionals, you're the whatever it is. If it's the creative class, if it's young professionals, there's all these different cultures of people that really add and bring to a culture. I think Milwaukee has got to get better at celebrating those cultures that like make up the fabric of who we are because they continue to exist. And in some ways they thrive, but I don't know that, that we've, been able to see that positive label and kind of lift them, lift them up. I think black and brown professionals now are have more of a leg because corporate America realizes, okay, this is part of our culture that needs to shift and we need them in order to to make it. So Corey Joe said something that's really important. I think if you go back to like a 2012 spot, even now, and I think this is such a Milwaukee thing, sometimes there is a desire. I'm sure other cities go through it where you thrive and lean into being the only one, mm-hmm. the black filling the blank, right? And sometimes that is lucrative for certain people. But I think over the years, the younger generations have challenged that. And I think that has been, for some who know how to navigate it, it's been okay, but for others, it's been such an issue, and that also prompted people to leave the city of Milwaukee, right? How so? How do you say that? So, for example, let's say, so when we started, so I gave the, the history, right? So Fuel was working on engaging black folks. Yes was doing their thing. You had Urban League, and then we started. And some folks would be like, well, why are you creating another one of these, and it's already one here? But we need it. Because statistically, it was more black people coming. It was more brown folks coming. You know, um, we were trying to grow. And there's so many people here that you needed options. But when you go to other cities, it's not like the black lawyer, the black establishment, the black this. It's multiple Mm -hmm. things to help engage and give you entertainment, education, all that. But I think for a long time, it was a lot of like gatekeeping in certain respects where it was keeping one this, one that, yeah. one this, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was hard to deal with for, I think a lot of people challenge, have an issue with that now. But I think back then it was way more prevalent. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's when people say that I don't feel connected. Yeah. Like Social X created something that Fuel would not have been able to create in Urban League YP at the time was the only other spot you could go that was like, okay, this is mostly black mm-hmm. folks. But the energy, like there was no place that you could go and just be a young black person having a good time. Like you had to be buttoned up or you had to be at work or you had to be volunteering. All those things were necessary. Mm -hmm. But this was something different. This is a place where like I can just come. The person that I might marry in the future is probably I'm going to meet them at this brunch event or at this day party. That wasn't going to happen at some of the other Mm -hmm. the ways that we socialize and did events didn't create 
community, like the kind of community that, that becomes family. Like, you know how we network? Yeah. We network and we meet people. And, ho, 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 very nice to meet you. Oh, let's connect yeah. on LinkedIn. But, like, come Saturday when you're sitting at home bored, you know, you don't have, you can't call up that LinkedIn connection and be like, girl, what you doing? Let's go yeah. to, you know. Right, right. That, that piece, I think, is, is missing. And we're working on it and continue continuing to work on it. And I'm being more intentional about how I make connections because I'm a Milwaukee native. So a lot of my friends that I have are people that I knew since I was eight, nine, ten years old. Well, when those people start moving, I have to think, okay, I got to rethink about how I create friendships or what my circle really looks like. And it has to be intentional Mm -hmm. because people in Milwaukee don't naturally. I think Milwaukeeans are very kind, polite, warm and welcoming. But this is not as transient a city as like D.C. or Chicago, where people are like have I have to make all new friends. I have to create all new families. So that energy is there. But here we're not used to that. So it's like, all right, you take care. Have a great holiday. So transplants can come in, but they and they may be welcomed, but it's not necessarily an inclusive environment. We're not thinking that your family is not here. The the term clicky gets used very often. Yeah. But it's like how I started the conversation where I said, you know, I went to this illustrious school called Washington High School. Right. (laughs) And Corey Joe went to another school where she would say, I go to the best high school. And that's a Milwaukee thing. Yeah. Like, what high school did you go to? I don't know if everybody asked you that. And and you ain't from here. You like, why you care? Why are you asking me? But that's that's a Milwaukee thing. (laughs) I mean, they did that in other cities, too, you know. (laughs) But. No, like, I don't think it's, you're, gonna go, you're not gonna go to a transit. It's what you do. That's how it is in other cities. Yeah, and so then they they, they 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 look, look you up and down, down <laughs> based on what you do, right? In Milwaukee, it tells you everything you need to know about what high what school high you school went you to. Yeah. And it's such yeah. a Milwaukee thing. I noticed that. Yeah, as a transplant myself, I can say it was hard connecting and feeling rooted when I first got here. And still to this day, I don't truly feel I have a space that is for me. That's just so different from the other cities I lived in. But Social X and Feel Milwaukee are working to create those spaces for us. And coming up, Kim asks them straight up, what's the solution? All of like, it. Like, all the above. Like, what, what's the it's answer? all of it. What's I think it's answer? a cumulative thing. Next on By Every Measure, Season 2. Thanks for listening to the second season of By Every Measure. If you'd like to continue the conversation, we encourage you to join our By Every Measure discussion group on Radio Milwaukee's Facebook page. Each week, we're opening a dialogue on the episode's topics with daily conversation prompts and a weekly virtual meetup to discuss responses and navigate the community conversations collectively. You can find the group at facebook.com slash Radio Milwaukee. Well, going back to the the organizations, because that's what I wanted to ask, too. What is the Millennial Task Force? Mm-hmm. They listed some of their reasons why millennials and just other folks leave. And you, you had crime, sure. you had education, but you also had that um, that cultural sense. Now, you guys have organizations, Fuel, Social X, the, the other organizations that you mentioned, some that we have not mentioned on here. They're, you all are doing the work. So why do people still feel like they're not connected, whether they're a transplant like myself or not. Mm-hmm. Why do you think folks still want to leave if so much work has is being done, but you still have that report saying this is a key indicator of why folks don't want to be here? I'll start. So that's a loaded question, too. 
I have a lot of them for you. Because, <laughs> be, because if I'm a Caucasian male or female, what Milwaukee is to me is not what Milwaukee is to you, mm-hmm. Kim, or you, Corey Joe. Mm-hmm. And it's just being very frank. Mm-hmm. You had a time in your life. You probably meet your partner in two weeks. That's that's aggressive, but you probably could. could. You can meet a partner. You know, you're going to live probably in a much more inviting environment. And you go into your nine to five and you probably make three to four friends pretty quickly. If I work at, you know, a place that is, you know, Fortune 500, whatever case may be. Now, if you, you got to add in all the different things that we talked about. One, we have to be very informed in we say choosing we, Milwaukee, black folks, black, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm coming from a California, a Texas, a Georgia, um, I went to maybe a HBCU or any other college, I've built certain networks and I'm used to certain things. And I'm giving all those things up, right, to come to Milwaukee. And it's yeah. like, what's that factor for me to say, I'm going to come here and set up shop? So either one, I got a network of people, sorority, fraternity, whatever the case may be. I got some family here or the bag is just that great that I'm going to stick it out for two years and then I'm going to bounce. Right. So and not that, you know, our white counterparts are not having those conversations. But if you look at how Milwaukee is marketed, it's like. You got the music festival, you got this, you got, you know, I'm saying all the things that, you know, point to a great time and their research is done too. But I just think you have to go the extra mile as a, as a black person making a decision on relocating. And I feel like all those things are important. And I, I think how we market Milwaukee is as important that this is not just a stop through city. Like you can actually live here, play here, work here, build a life here and thrive. And I, I'm as somebody as a black male, I don't see how that's marketed and positioned. But if you look at our accolades for the good things, you know, we've been called a top place to visit by, was it New York Times? New York Times, yeah. not Geo. Right. And other places have called Milwaukee these great places. But if you live here as a black or brown person, you like, mm-hmm. but what about, you like second back, guessing it, right? Going back to the organizations, though, like you yeah. guys have created these entities sure. that are supposed to help bring people in is that does more of that need to happen yes or I do we need so. more I, organizations so like, or do we need like the city to get on board and say hey so all the above all of like, it like, all the above like, what what's the it's answer all of it what's i think it's answer? a cumulative thing so yeah for it, my perspective is interesting because i'm a black person leading a largely white organization so i have seen people come to fuel events and meet the person that they Mary, they end up buying how I mean, and this was like this is white folks because the numbers of them in the space is just more conducive for that to happen for for them because a of the greater numbers of people numbers, that are so greater greater chance for opportunity, right? Yeah, but the but I have seen that clickiness, and there might there may be some cultural dynamics to it that affect black people in a different way because. I can get three or four hundred people to come to a, an event and socialize and connect. But the way that people of color connect at these events, I don't know that it is yet creating family. I mean, like 
what's going to keep you in Milwaukee is that you feel a sense of family. Mm-hmm. And that I know when I go in this in this event, I'm going to meet people that are going to be my lifelong friends. I don't know that that is happening with the ease that is necessary yet. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the trauma that we talked about earlier in the conversation. Or maybe it's all these other elements of, you know, trust and nine to five. I'm in this environment where I don't really feel connected. So I'm kind of connected here, but kind of not. You know, it's not it's not that there aren't people coming to the events and it's not that we aren't connecting people and making change. I think it's got to be a combination of things. It's got to be social X events, fuel events, hyphen events. It's I mean, we got to keep creating these opportunities for people to get loose and let their hair down and really um, get comfortable enough to make that connection. And it's the mindset, too, of we are creating family here. You have to be open to to doing that. And I think about that now, too. I'm a mom now. I'm divorced. I could potentially be starting my life all over again with a partner. Is this a city where that's going to happen for me? I don't know. You know, but it will get to a point like if I want that and I feel like I'm not it's not happening here, that would be a thing that makes me think, OK, let me go. Where are, where are the black dudes at? Let me move mm-hmm. because and that's something that would make somebody move. It's a hard decision. You know, we 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 work with a lot of transplants who become Milwaukeeans and, and um, love the city and, you know, live here for periods of time. The ones that I know who it was very short, either they found us. It was like, dang, had I found y'all a couple months earlier mm-hmm. years, then we, you know, this is great. So they on, they was on their way out when they came. It was like, why well, didn't know about y'all sooner? Or like Corey Joe said, I don't think my partner is going to be here or I'm sick of the winter, which you just can't change that. But it's creating those sticky opportunities for them to stay, right? Like my job is going so well. I'm in an industry where I can move companies. If I do a certain niche kind of work, I don't have to leave to go to Chicago or Columbus or New York or whatever the case may be to do a work. So from a city perspective, do we have the industries to keep, you know, the people here? I feel like now, fast forwarding from our conversation about 10 years ago, you have way more black owned businesses. So there's establishments where if I just want to roll out of bed and go get something to eat, I can do that very easily downtown now. The safety concern and education, I think that's going to be a work in progress. But I think that that is a very looming conversation that we need to have. And if I were somebody that had the power, I would bring mayor, county executive, new sheriff, superintendent of NPS, and we would just have a meeting. Not saying they never had this. I'm just not privy to the fact that they did Mm -hmm. and it's like how do we do xyz and abc for our black people here in milwaukee so that they one are safe they're thriving and this is a choice for them and i think you know the millennial task force was created to help some of that but you can't exclude the white folks from the conversation but i think what we need is something very intentional the data, the data's there. You know, our Hispanic and Latino population is probably one of the fastest growing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're catching up to, you know, black Milwaukee in terms of just sheer statistics. So like Corey Joe alluded to earlier, we're going to be leading in a lot of these political positions. We're going to be leading in a lot of these different, you know, um, service roles. At some point, 
you know, hopefully they let us in the door. We'll be leading a lot of these corp, for, Fortune 500 and corporate positions where we are the decision makers. But I don't think we have 25 years to let that happen. Like it should be happening now because I feel like things are aligning for us to say, look, we won't change and we want it now. Otherwise, in my conversation about Gen Z, like they out, they like, I'm out. I don't want to work that hard. I want to work smarter. And if y'all don't want to work smart and make this a city for me to work smart in, then I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. Yeah. So kind of just what it sounds like is Milwaukee came from a place just a very old thinking where there was just single mindedness, I guess, in a sense where if you weren't in the majority, you didn't feel included or you didn't even feel invited Mm -hmm. to speak on anything. But now, even though there's still brain drain and people leaving, from the both of you, from your perspective, it seems like there are folks who are challenging the norm a lot more than usual and who feel comfortable doing that. So maybe folks won't be leaving Milwaukee as much because there are opportunities presenting themselves and there's corporations that are finally starting to listen. For whatever reason, there's Mm -hmm. leaders starting to listen because there are people who grew up in that space of being siloed and they don't want that anymore. Yeah. So do you think that brain drain in Milwaukee will continue at the same rate that it's going or what's the what's the future for Milwaukee? I think it's changing. I mean, I I feel like I mean, and and brain drain has flattened for us a little bit. So it's we have so many great schools here and there's really opportunities to tap that talent and really get them connected through our organizations, through more aggressive recruiting and hiring and just the amenities. Like Grinnell was saying, there's like really great places that you can socialize or have dinner or have a cocktail and you know that you're going to be walking into a diverse environment. That was not always the case, but I think that goes a long way in helping people stay connected. So it's just the it's just the process now of making sure that we continue to open up successful businesses, continue to support them, continue to make sure that people know about them, and that we attract these really aggressive and ambitious people that take advantage of the amenities and the accessibility here. I do feel like there's times because of my kids that I think, oh, am I doing the right thing by staying in Milwaukee with them? But when I look at the combination of things that I just talked about, I feel like we're at this tipping point. Mm-hmm. And man, if I leave, I'm going to miss it. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to miss it. But I do, I feel like something special is happening. Yeah. I would say, is I think it's bigger, right? I just think the last couple of years has opened eyes in a lot of different ways. And there are people who see value in Milwaukee. I just think about all the people I follow on like podcasts and stuff and everybody on the investing kick the last several years. <laughs> and I actually love that because it's long overdue. People are investing in Milwaukee and they always say Milwaukee got cheap property Milwaukee got this Milwaukee got that right so people on the outside are seeing our value but I think like Corey Joe said earlier the key word was the trauma right so if I grew up in Milwaukee and I didn't have the opportunities that some of the other black Milwaukeeans had I might be a little jaded and my experience might be totally different so I can't see the good because of my situation so I need to get out and I actually think that's okay but one of the things that um, is important is we call back our people and stay connected to them so that they can bring the resources back yep. and just have conversations. I think, you know, you asked a question earlier, Kim, like, is this just a topic and this is just a conversation we continue to have? I think you got to continue to have it because it's evolving. 
It's something to keep in mind that Milwaukee is evolving. These conversations about how to make the Cream City better are happening. And hearing from two committed Black leaders about this, it's promising. And that's exactly why we started our second season of By Every Measure here with Brain Drain. Because the future of our city, and I don't think I'm overstating it, our future depends on us reversing that brain drain. We need to be able to find careers that offer the chance to grow, to become leaders, and to be our authentic selves in these corporations that have done so well attracting white talent to. That's right. And we want to be able to be at work and leave work and go to these local spots and stages and see a community that looks like us from the performers on the stage to the people that we just pass by every day. That version of Milwaukee that truly celebrates its diversity is what we all are hoping for. And if you want to learn more about either of the organizations we interviewed in this episode, Social X or Fuel Milwaukee, we got links in the description of this episode. Check the show notes and find out what they both have coming up, especially if you're new to the city or thinking about leaving. There's a community here for you, and Social X and Fuel Milwaukee can help you find it. And coming up on our next episode, we're going to look at another critical issue, one that some black mothers know all too well. Milwaukee ranks as one of the worst places in the country for black birth outcomes. And the data is there and we're starting to understand why. But what comfort does this give to someone who is pregnant right now? I speak with a certified midwife who is bringing alternative prenatal care to expectant mothers. We'll talk about how she's tapping into her own life experiences to connect with black mothers next time on By Every Measure. And don't forget, we have discussion guides and a dedicated discussion group on Facebook for By Every Measure Season 2. We'll be having facilitated discussions on the Facebook page to complement each episode. We want to know what you think about these issues. And most of all, we want to create a space online where you can talk openly and honestly and connect with the larger community. Find a link to the group in the description box. In the meantime, feel free to check out By Every Measure Season 1 and our Ask the Expert series on our YouTube channel. That's all for this episode. I'm Kim Shine with Tariq Moody, and we'll talk to you next time on By Every Measure Season 2. By Every Measure Season 2 is hosted by Tariq Moody and Reggie Jackson, as well as contributor Kim Shine. I'm Nate Imig, executive producer for the podcast, which is mixed and edited by Kiri Salinas, with segment producing by Salam Fatire. Mallory Wallace and DJ Brewer manage our community engagement and our Facebook discussion group, while Sarah Lahr leads our marketing team of Dan Reiner and Aaron Bagata. Brett Kraskowski is Radio Milwaukee's web editor, and Maxie Jackson is Radio Milwaukee's executive director. Thanks most of all to our members for making this and all content from Radio Milwaukee possible. Radio Milwaukee is hyphen 414music.fm and 88.9 in Milwaukee. By Every Measure Season 2 is an original podcast production of Radio Milwaukee, part of the NPR Podcast Network.